G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You've perhaps heard it said that money is the root of all evil. It comes from the Bible. But actually, that's not what it says. It says that the love of money is the root of all evil. That's quite a different thing. It turns out that our attitude towards money, rather than money per se, can be quite a problem in our lives. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. And welcome to the program today as we kick off a new series of messages called How to Be Money Wise. I don't think there's a single person on the planet who's not affected by money, or at least what money represents, value and wealth. Most of the time, it seems that we don't have enough of it. Some, in fact, many of the people listening to this program today around the world simply don't have even enough to feed their families or to provide for their basic needs a safe home, education, health services, even running water. In the affluent West, on the other hand, where we have so much money compared to most of the people in the world, there's all this middle-class debt. It's become a pandemic. People are drowning in personal debt. Credit cards maxed out, overdrafts overdrawn. The cry of a whole generation is we don't have enough. And yet by any objective measure, we have more than enough. Even governments are caught up in this deception, providing middle-class welfare for ordinary working families, so-called. They love that term, ordinary working families. And sure, look, economies fluctuate. Interest rates go up, they go down. Inflation strikes, unemployment, house prices go up. All of those things affect people's disposable incomes. But, but, But why is money such a big issue? And why do so many people who have enough feel as though they don't. It's a huge problem, and it's, it's one we're going to explore from a whole different bunch of perspectives on the program, not just this week, but over the next few weeks. And there's a very good reason for that. We all, to a greater or lesser degree, are products of our environment, our circumstances, our culture, our economies. And wealth in most cultures, not all, but in most, it goes to position, power, status, recognition, comfort, Let's face it, all of those are pretty nice. They're pretty seductive. Who who doesn't want to live in a nice house? Who doesn't want to drive a nice car? Who doesn't want to wear nice clothes? They're all pretty much universal desires, even though they work themselves out in different ways in different countries and cultures. But there's a basic premise that underlies all of that, a central thesis around which our societies and cultures operate. If my needs and wants are being met then I'll be at the very least nine-tenths of the way to being happy and contented and satisfied. I mean, that's the central tenet of the advertising industry. That's what makes the economy go round. If people in the West didn't want expensive clothes and shoes and handbags, then people in developing countries, many of them, wouldn't have jobs. All that leads to trade and commerce, and that, by and large, is a very good thing. It's true. We need trade and commerce, otherwise there'd be a whole bunch of unemployed people around. And that's not a good thing. But this central tenet of happiness 
me being able to have everything I want and do anything I want and that'll make me happy also brings a lot of trouble into this world. It's why people argue and fight and have conflict. It's why countries fight wars. It's why people rob banks. Well, maybe you and I don't rob banks so much. It's why people tell little lies on the income tax return. That brings it a little closer to home then. It's in fact why we need governments, laws, police forces, courts and jailhouses. It's why we need armies and air forces and navies, because ultimately we can't all have what we want. So there have to be mechanisms for dealing with the conflict between individual wants and needs and the social good, the broader good. That's what all these institutions are about, balancing out selfishness in the context of society. We we can't all have what we want, but it doesn't stop us from trying, of course. I want to win, and so because money or wealth are powerful components of winning, all of a sudden it's as though we become enslaved to them. I mean, why does a family of four need a house so big that they can live in the place almost never seeing each other? Why do we need four TVs in the house? Why do we need a $50,000 car when a $20,000 car would admirably and safely get us from A to B? Because we covet wealth and what goes with it, comfort and recognition, and we want to win. Now, winning's fine until it becomes an obsession, until people are working so hard to keep up appearances to conform to what appears to be the social norm in their people group whether that's incredibly wealthy or whether that's middle class or whether it's incredibly poor, it's actually a lot the same. But instead, money becomes a tyrant. This thing that makes such a great servant becomes such a brutal master, which we're going to look at later on this week on the program. Now, interestingly, God has a lot to say about money, an awful lot in the Bible, more than I ever expected, because it seems that our wallets are closely linked to our hearts. This is what Jesus said, Luke chapter 12, verse 34. He said, look, where your treasure is, there also your heart will be. Now, per se, there's nothing wrong with money. He didn't say where your money is, there your heart will be. He said where your treasure is, there your heart will be. God doesn't have a problem with money. In fact, he has a whole bunch of good advice about money, which we'll talk about in a few weeks' time. He has no problem with people working hard, earning money, enjoying the fruits of their labours. In fact, one of the wisest men of all time, King Solomon of Israel, in the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, has this to say, Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 19. All to whom God gives wealth and possessions and whom he enables to enjoy them and to accept their lot and find enjoyment in their toil, this is the gift of God. And you and I know that's true. There's something incredibly satisfying about working hard and doing a good job and being paid and then being able to use that money to live and to enjoy our lives. So God doesn't have a problem with money, not at all. The problem lies in our attitude towards money. New Testament book in the Bible, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 says this, For it's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. And in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from their faith and pierce themselves with many pains. That's it. It's the love of money that's the problem. So over these coming weeks, we're going to explore not just the problem so we truly understand it and can identify it in our own hearts, but God's solution, God's answer, God's way of setting us free from the tyranny of money in our lives, the plague of wealth, and turning it back into something that it was always meant to be, money as a servant, 
rather than a master. But I have to warn you, and don't say I didn't warn you, that God's solution, as is often the case, flies completely and absolutely in the face of the wisdom of this world. It lies in an upside-down, counterintuitive principle of sacrifice. Luke chapter 9, verse 24, Jesus says, Those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their lives for my sake will save it. It's a principle about the whole of our lives as well as our money. The more we hoard money, the more we love money, and it takes root in our hearts, the deeper that's going to run and the more our lives are going to be the fruit that comes from the root. And the fruit that comes from the root of the love of money, as Paul writes to his young protege Timothy, is all kinds of evil. It causes us to wander away from our faith in God because of our eagerness to be rich. And as a result, we experience pain, lots of it. We end up piercing ourselves with many pains. Debt, fear, financial security, a maxed out credit card, long hours at work to pay for this financial madness. Many pains. It's why God's treatment for this malady is so radical, so upside down, so counterintuitive to anything you or I would have come up with. Those who want to save their life will lose it. But those who lose their life for my sake will save it. That's what we're going to be talking about over these coming few weeks. The truth is that money is a great servant, but a brutal master. Perhaps that's why so many people struggle with their attitude towards money. But let me tell you something. God wants you to find financial security in the right place. And that's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Your Path to Financial Security, and it's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you discover true security, like I said, in the right place. You can request your free copy right now. Either stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send your booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.